The process is black and white, where two friends examine the trials and tribulations of starting their individual businesses with their cultural differences and similarities, along with whatever else accompanies them on their journey. Each week, they will discuss a few chapters from books that will transform you from being a wantrepreneur to an entrepreneur. Here's Vernon and Devin. Hey, so this is something we haven't really talked about, like in depth, I guess. And we had a conversation off air. Um, the show is The Process is Black and White. And one of the things that I thought was pretty cool what we had off the air is that we both discussed kind of our process on creating. You know, we've talked about process and these like generalities, but we haven't really ever discussed our personal process you know, as we create. Um, and I thought yours was pretty interesting. And I thought it was pretty cool how similar they are in terms of how we how we process. So, you know, explain to the audience as you code or you put together, you know, learning a new step and the new skill to what you do. Uh, what is your process typically? Yeah, so for the most part, um, for learning a new skill, and I'm actually picking one up right now. I'm trying to get better at like subtle animations right so uh transitions from page to page when you're on a website or you know when you scroll down the header like shrinks and looks a little nicer or whatever um all that kind of stuff right like subtle really clean animations is one of the things i'm trying to prove at so my general process will be like read an article slash watch a video um Usually it's like read two or three articles, actually. And then I'll watch a video that uh, seems appropriate, right? Like that, that that solves the problem that I'm looking to get better at. And I'll watch it all the way through to the end so that I know basically the full lay of the land for that video, like what's going to happen. And then a lot of days I'll let it simmer for like two or three days. <laughs> I won't actually do anything. But then I'll go back to it and I'll like literally just do it right along with the video. Uh, sometimes it'll be two or three videos until I find just the right one. But then I'll just do it right along with the video. Um, and that'll like essentially teach me the exercise of doing it. And then I'll <coughs> do it again, um, except I'll vary it, right? So I'll change the pattern. So let's say they want you to do like a an animation from right to left, I'll do one from top to bottom and like add a color or something like that, right? So that so that I'm adding in more skills. Um, that way I can kind of figure it up as I go along. So basically the process is understand the lay of the land, do the trail, follow the, follow, follow the map, right? Understand what the map looks like, follow the map, take the trail, and then start navigating off trail and figuring it out sort of with a, a slightly bigger version each time. Which is sort of similar to your process for uh, making food. Yeah. So no, totally. That was what it, that was what was intriguing. Is I think like the one thing that we both do is the first thing we do is go gather information. You know, so like you might see something and go, hmm, "I wonder how they did that." You know what I mean? And it catches your eye, and you're like, "I wonder how how can I add that to my game." 
you know, we talked about like sports, you know, as a basketball player, you know, if you, if you see someone doing, um, you know, a crossover, for instance, you know, uh, uh, Tim Hardaway comes down, hits the crossover, you know, it's kind of like from my age group, one of the first guys I remember really perfecting it. And then the next thing you know, everybody in the NBA starts adding that into the game. You know, the Euro step, all of that. The, the James Harden's step back three-point shot, yeah, you know. Shovel. Yeah, exactly. So, like, all of these things have been added. But so the first thing is you identify it. You see it, and you're like, man, that, I, want, I need that added to my game. And then the thing that we both seem to do is now we go into research mode. How do we how how do we recreate this? How is this created? You know, what do they do? What's their first step? What how did they get from here to here? You know, and uh so I do that same process. So I go online. So I lately one of the things that I was trying to make most recently is um actually here, I'll tell you one that happened this weekend. So in California, uh I saw everyone lining up for these fruit stands. And I was looking, I'm like, it's not a regular fruit stand. They're putting some red stuff, you know, like around the, the, the bowl. And then they sprinkle stuff on top. And I'm like, what is that? The line was too long, so I didn't go to try it. But I was like, I'm going to look that up. That's something interesting. This line is way too long for this to be like some like terrible ass fruit salad. Um, so I looked it up. Yeah, you know, I've looked up like Mexican fruit fruit uh, uh, fruit salads, and come to find out, there's it's this like tamarind based hot sauce that's called uh, chamoy that they put along the bowl. They like sprinkle like I mean they they um, drizzle like a little bit along the bowl. Then they add the fruit and they top the fruit with I think it's called tajing or tajan. Um, Tejin, it's a seasoning, a Mexican season, like a chili lime seasoning with other herbs and spices in it. And they sprinkle it on top. And then you might do a little bit of lime juice. Right. And what it does is it enhances the fruit sure. and brings out this like umami flavor where you're getting all these elements just hitting you and it brightens up your fruit. And it's really good. I had never had it before, but I was like, Oh, I'm gonna figure this out. So I literally lined up five articles with recipes and read all about it, figured out why, and just started playing. And right. so you know, the, that's it. That's the exact same process that I just described. And yep. I'm like super into this idea of maps right now. But it's essentially you you make a map, you read the article, you figure out what the lay of the land is, then you follow the pattern, right? You just do the recipe sort of straight up the first yep. time. Yep. Exactly. And then after that, you can play and you can be like, oh, well, this is kind of like this. So I bet you if I swap this for that, and then before you know it, you're on your way and you're in that like space of creativity. But you got to copy first. Copy to win. You know what that, I mean? That is the thing. That, that is the major point that I wanted to get across with that question is that everything is, you know, cliche. It's a copycat league. Everything that's been created has been done before. We, you, it's just your job to do a new rendition of it. That's the point of the next generation, the next group of people. It's for us to come take everything that has already been here, because it's all already been here, and figure out a way to make it our own. 
You know what I mean? Like, you look at your music, you know, from your movies, your entertainment, to your food, to, you know, even your tech world. Like, a lot of the stuff. Well, what, was the, what, was the, what was the book that we read? The Hero's Journey, right? Like, yeah, The Hero's Journey, you, yeah. As soon as you read that, as soon as we read that book, you were like, I literally see The Hero's Journey in everything that I look at now. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's one of those things where, totally, I just think, be creative. Being creative doesn't mean you're like, you don't get help. And you don't get inspiration and you don't go somewhere to like find your, your your way as you're being creative it's the it's the complete opposite creativity is to open yourself up and just allow yourself to explore and once you start to explore it like the things that come out of that man like did i tell you about my uh it's an inappropriate name but it's my ceviche i made ceviche a couple months back and you know, uh, um, I basically called it like a, a black ceviche because it's a, it was between that Negro ceviche, ceviche and, uh, and a Cajun ceviche. So I, Cajun ceviche is probably the less controversial. Um, but uh, it, I made ceviche the, the, the way we did and mm -hmm. I did it straight up and then I tried it. And I was like, what in the hell is this? This is just lime. It's just, it's just lime juice. It's, acid, it's literally yeah. like acid. It's like the most one of the most bitter things ever. And I was like, I don't have the palate for it. I gotta like build it so that my palate can appreciate it. So I made a Cajun version of it. I like limited the lime and I did like Cajun seasoning in it and you know because basically ceviche is lime, hot sauce, and then some people add a little bit of fruit and onions to it. But it's, sure. you know, it's pretty bitter. And I added, like, lots of fruit, Cajun seasoning, hot sauce, lime. Sweet onions. Sweet onions, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, yeah, sweet onions is definitely. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. And uh, and it made it more palpable for, like, the audience that I, I bring it to now. Sure. You know, but the great thing about it is do that exploring people who never even heard of it got a chance to hear of it and at least taste my rendition of it you know what i mean so yeah, keep exploring man be creative yeah so uh in all this we're reading this book discipline is destiny meanwhile you're sort of experimenting with food and figuring that out and then also you're trying to experiment with uh maybe living a slightly healthier lifestyle and that's been yeah, a yeah. A little bit of ups and downs. How was this uh, last week? Thanksgiving, tough week, right? Tough it was week. Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a tough week. It was pies and that was actually like eating out and takeout and all of that type stuff. That was like the least of the worries. That was, you know, I, in fact, I probably didn't eat enough. I, I was one meal Johnny all week, is what I was, because you're one so busy. You're, yeah, you're you're doing. I'm cooking. I had a bunch of cooking to do. I had, like, just a lot of stuff on the plate this week. A lot of events, some uh, an event to prepare for. Um, so, stuff like that. So, I'm cooking. And when I cook, I don't eat. So, I, you know, I don't eat any anything on the days that I'm, like, really cooking. So, that was kind of hard because then I'm done cooking. Like, yesterday, I cooked for a family. And, you know, I had to make a bunch of food. By the time I got done cooking, everybody, I, we take it to where we needed to go. And it, the day's done now. And then I come back and I'm starving. 
So now I'm, you know, then you know, I'm there was pie left over. There was yep. You know, there was <laughs> there was there, a fork. There was a fork. There was there was, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> there was there was a lot of access to the last of Thanksgiving and uh mm-hmm. and, and yes, we 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 went to town on it. This this is this is a hard time. To, absolutely one of the most difficult times health-wise um for me uh since i've been in the line of line of work that i've been in yeah for everybody you know it's a chaotic time of the year for for everyone you know mainly because of time more than anything you know this time this is the busiest time of the year for for this country you yeah, know? for our, well, for 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 everybody, probably I guess in the West or whatever, right? It's just, yeah, it's just a busy time of year. Yeah, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a tough. We we certainly haven't eaten like strictly on plan, right? Like we've gotten knocked off plan pretty good, but we're like in the neighborhood of plan. Um, and I, I would say that one of the things that's very helpful for what we're sort of for like the healthy sort of lifestyle is not going with fuck it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so yeah, like as you go like, well, I am going to do like, I'm going to eat this pie and it's okay that I'm eating this pie, but for breakfast, I'm still going to eat the correct breakfast. And like, yes, you know what I mean? So you kind of like, yeah, you go like, yeah, I didn't have a lot of compound. I don't think I had a lot of compound. I think most of it was like, you know, in sports you get a scheduled loss. You know, I, this, <laughs> yeah. this was a, this was just a scheduled loss. It was, you know, yeah. wasn't necessarily. I I didn't feel like it was a lot of compound, you know, mistakes. It was just a scheduled loss. That's it was good. just kind of like, you know, it, it, you know, it's I can't even really gauge this week. All I can say is, I definitely did not eat Chick Fil A like four times this week. You know, like, yeah, I mean, I, you shouldn't like, eat Chick-fil-A at all. Yeah, I think I might you know have Chick-fil-A I mean? like once this week. And yeah, that, you shouldn't you know, be eating Chick-fil-A at all. You know yeah, that. I don't, yeah, I had Chick-fil-A once. I had my one, my one stop on Chick-fil-A. But that's hell of improvement. You no, know? it's not, yeah. In, in my week, in my week, because two weeks ago, oh, man, they were like, hey, Vernon, welcome. Here's your regular. It was bad two weeks ago. I was yeah, in a, yeah, I was in a... Uh, I think, you know, it's easy. Yeah, you don't want quit. the people from Chick-fil-A to know your name. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's it's very easy bad Speaking of the book, um, I kind of walked away. So the book was, you know, it was written well. I liked his storytelling and, and everything like that. No no issues whatsoever with the book. A lot but of kinda, little stories. A lot of Yeah, life. a lot of little stories. Yeah, I thought it was nice, man. I thought the ending was, was awesome when he talked about, you know, the – the importance of like that balance between work and family and, and mm-hmm. you know, how he just was at so much more peace in his writing um, through the pandemic and being around his family. He was just happier, um, yeah. you know, but I think that like whenever someone jokingly, someone asks like, Hey, what's the secret, you, you know, the secret to life. I've always responded as balance. Like to me, the secret is like secret to life, and this is what I feel like this book was all about: is if you can walk the line of the middle as tightly as you can, you're gonna live a life that's gonna, 
you know, you're going to you're going to basically have the the best version of life that you can possibly have. You know, if you just walk, if you try to stay balanced and grounded where you're never too far over too much or even when you get far over, you come back, you know, or you go far to the next way, you try to come back. But that balance is where it all lies, man. And it doesn't mean that the line's going to be exactly straight your whole life. But if the goal is to stay as close to that middle as possible, that to me is what this book really summed up. How do you be disciplined? Stay as close to the middle as possible. You know, don't get too high. Don't get too low. You know, don't don't be begrudging against pain uh, only and be overexcited for pleasure. You know, like there needs to be some understanding of the need and the necessity of both. You know what I mean? So that was like my biggest takeaway from this book. Yeah, for me, it was definitely more like about keeping the main thing the main thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like it was much more of the um, – I think there was a there – was, I know there was. There was a story. I just can't remember the, the guy, but – you know, Martin Luther King was they didn't like oh, they, yeah, didn't, yeah, yeah. they didn't have any childcare. They didn't have any childcare mm -hmm. help. That was right? uh uh um oh, not Sydney <clears throat> Portier. Oh man. Yeah. Oh, oh. But you know exactly where I'm at. And and so somebody was like, What do you mean you don't have any childcare help? And he was like, If we hire childcare help, we're gonna Harry, are gonna, Harry Belafonte. Yeah, Harry, Harry Belafonte. Belafonte. Yeah. yeah, if we if we hire childcare help, people are gonna roast us for it. Like the public is gonna roast us for it. And so there are these like two versions of discipline that happened there. Right, really, kind of three. Right, is one is Martin Luther King had the the wherewithal to understand that it wasn't what his behavior was, it what society perceives his behavior as. Right, mm -hmm. that's important. <laughs> And then two is that uh, he was – Harry Belafonte had this other discipline that was like, this is the most valuable thing that I this – the, this is the main thing. And I can't fix the fact that society is going to look at it this way. But mm -hmm. What I can fix is I have the money to pay for the child care. So yeah. he paid for child care. Yeah. And then King had this next level of discipline, which is – Understanding that this is an acceptable trade-off and being able to accept that help. All of those were sort of different versions of like the thing that I took away from this, which is like, yes, you need to have the discipline, the awareness, the self-actualization. like act I don't know, what, I don't know yeah. what fuzzy words I'm using. But to like look at yourself, look at the world, and understand where you fit in the world. Because where you fit in the world and the reality of the world aren't always going to be the same, right? Totally. So, and then you need to be able to accept help when it's offered and it's the correct help, right? Like, he didn't just accept money. He accepted childcare. It's a very, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it was sort of like a very specific, and it, I don't know, it, it really impacted me to hear the way that all the characters in that moment acted. You know what I mean? Nah, that was a great, that was, that was an awesome story too. I picked, I picked up on that story as well. And I remember, you know, like a lot of the uh, civil rights movement, Martin Luther, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King's movement was funded by Hollywood. You know, a lot of the athletes and actors of that time 
you know, were the ones who funded, you know, all all of the movement, you know, a lot yeah. of the movement. Got you know? got people out of jail and like you know, I mean, I mean there there was a there was a reason I think that uh during the Black Lives Matter protests that quietly Jay-Z and Beyonce were just bailing people out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, mm-hmm. they spent all that it's because it harkened back to his, you know, the the history of of sort of all of that because they were like, yeah. well, we can't there's some things we can't do, but there are things we can do. Which then exactly. goes back to discipline over and over again, right? Yeah, no, for sure. It, yeah, no, you're right. That that relationship, the relationship, kind of with like your purpose, is is what to me like the situation you just described is like. Nah, man, listen. Yeah, I know you got these principles and all, but <laughs> you got this bigger purpose in hand right now, and the thing that we can't let happen is your you know probably out outdated principles because your things have changed for you now you got more than just like you your wife and your children that you're responsible for now it's not a neighborhood like, movement at this point yeah it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a little bigger and we're going to need you to loosen up a little bit on you know some of your your you know beliefs and really focus on the purpose and the thing that you're here to do. Accepting that help had to be yeah. a challenge. You know what I yeah. mean? Because uh, when it was time a, too. when it was a neighborhood thing, you know what I mean? When it was a, when he was running just a church, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? There was a moment in his life where he was running just a church, right? Yeah. When he was just a small town, he would never have been able to do something like that. Yeah. But well, accepting that it. help as the scale grew. Think about who he's trying to help. He's probably like, I, I need to be in it to to be able to to, to understand what they're going through. Like, nope, sure. none of these people I'm helping have child care. help. Yeah. I can't, you know, like I, I I can't. How can I help these people if I'm living like you know the other side? Yep. But he under you know? but he understood that this was an appropriate trade off at his time in his life. It was. Yeah, and I mean, it was just it was it was an incredible version of everybody looking at the world and seeing where their where their skills yeah. drove them. They kept yeah. the main thing, the main thing. So I don't know. That's that's kind of what that's that was. I say I would say my biggest takeaway from the book. Yeah, no, it was, and I you know what, and I and I honestly just as a as a read because he told a lot. Like the one thing that was great about the book is he told he told a lot of his storytelling was really good. You know, so so he told he told a well, lot. And the of- stories were super consumable. Like each one was like three and a half minutes. Like they were they were like built for like TikTok almost. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no, you didn't sure. need to you didn't need to focus too long. It was just right there. Yeah, and and he told stories, you know, that were just interesting. So like just on the just on the storytelling alone, for me, I would recommend the book because you learn a lot about like Lou Gehrig. I didn't know. I knew about the Lou Gehrig's disease, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But I didn't know necessarily his background and the way he came up. Some of the story, the story with Harry, Harry Belafonte and, and uh, um, Coretta Scott, Scott King is who he was talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you even with JFK, you know, I didn't, I didn't or really Manu. know. Yeah, or Manu. That was a great story then there. I didn't know that. That story, actually, I'm glad you brought it up because that was also one of big takeaway in the book is – when he talks about Manu feeling as though 
his worst loss ever of his career, you know, in that finals. And how basically it took him a day, but eventually he pretty much looked at himself and was like, what are you doing? Why are you like going crazy over here? You just played in the NBA finals. Like he had to like remind himself, like I literally just made it to the biggest stage. And because I, because we lost, I'm beating myself up, but I'm throwing away the opportunity to appreciate the fact that I just made it to the biggest stage. Yep. And that, that's something that like he said, the moment he let that go, his kind of, you know, the rest of his career, the rest of his life and things that he do, he's able to appreciate, you know, the present and not get so caught up on failures or different things like that. And that was a good, that, I thought that was an awesome story where he tells about losing that world, losing that uh, championship and then yep. going the next year. And it, he said, basically it just made like, they were all free, you know, yeah, like freed himself fun. and they were having fun and it was just free. It was free. And so, yeah, man, the book was, yeah, it was a good book. Uh, For sure. I liked the book. Where should we, uh, so actually I had, an, I had two questions. Um, should we continue this process of reading books and having a podcast? Do you think do you think that this experiment is still worthwhile? We haven't had this conversation in a while. It's a great conversation. Uh, and like <clears throat> you know, we started it when we were both in a point where it was like, well, we we need I out we needed each other to kind of be the motivation to kind of like start a thing, right? Um and you had some time and I had some time. Neither of us have a lot of that <laughs> anymore, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, and we've proven, I think, to ourselves, to others, to whatever, to whatever that is, that we can move the needle forward when we want to. Should we keep doing this? Um, on a personal level, just in terms of, so there's there's two parts to that question. I think on a level of like, are we building a podcast network? Right now, I don't know. Yeah, no, like, I, I don't, we're definitely I, we're definitely not because we we don't do any of like yeah. we don't advertise the podcast like not aver- but we're not even like no other yeah, than yeah. other than in a human conversation one on one. I'm not yeah. posting about new episodes or any, we, we don't do any of that. Yeah, same here. So, which is a huge question on like, all right, well, what's Why the point of yeah, what's the point of recording? <laughs> Um, so that, that side of it, the answer would kind of be like, I guess we would have to decide if we want to do something with this podcast. Correct. Right. Like, I think that the answer to that is like, cause then there's the other part. I enjoy doing the podcast. hundred percent. I enjoy reading the books. I enjoy enjoy having like the the scheduled conversation each week. All of that. I enjoy it like from the business side of things and even in in the day to day life, it's it's an accountability that I didn't have before. And even though it's once a week, maybe two hours, um, I didn't have that accountability before. So I've been more productive with the pod. I've been more productive with this podcast and the structure of how we're doing it than anything else that I can really ima- I can really remember. 
you know, in my like adult life. Right. So, on a personal level, absolutely, it's it's incre- it, it's definitely improved the journey, and it's held me accountable, and it's kind of made me hold myself accountable in other ways as well. You know what I mean? Um, but then from the kind of more technical thought process of it is basically where it then where is it going and that that i think are i think they're they're two different questions you know and i think there's a third question in there which is does it have to go anywhere right now well i think we we settled on that i think like a year ago or maybe two years ago, eighteen months ago. Basically, when you when you got promoted, <laughs> we were yeah, like, yeah, yeah. "All right, so we're gonna we're gonna cruise, put this on cruise control, and see where it goes." I don't think that I'm ready personally to stop doing the pod yet, right? Yeah, same here. Because uh, I'm enjoying it too much. I get a lot out of it, and I think to your point, like I get that sort of there's this stability, there's this rhythm to my week in a weird way. Right, um, and I enjoy like having them the structure around reading a book and blah blah blah, right, and doing all that stuff. I am sort of curious, like, what is the thing that we're getting out of this? Is this valuable? Like that other piece of the pie, right? Like, if we're not promoting it, then it's not being used in a, as an experiment. If we're not, not even that we need to like, not that listenership would correlate with value, right? Mm. But the effort of trying to gain listeners correlates with value down the down the line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, oh well, if you've learned how to get a hundred listeners to the podcast, then you've learned how to get um, you've learned how to expand your warm market into a cold market, and you've learned how to, like those sorts of things. So um, I am sort of curious about that and wondering like. Does this does this serve a purpose from a philosophical level, or should we just be like scheduling a time where we get together each week and having a conversation and not having a podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it, it's interesting. So as you say that, like a lot of things are swirling because we also have all this information and, and like all this like data and information, which is, you know, which there's a lot of a lot of benefit and who knows like the way the world works now like with social media and there's a there's a not that it'll happen but there's a world where the day we decide that we're done recording becomes the day we decide we're now promoting and we can end up with 200 300 episodes of a, of a podcast that no one knows about that all of a sudden becomes like, you know, instead of us two hours a week talking, you know, whether it's one of us, two of us, it's two hours a week of, you know, just like promoting or someone stumbles upon it. So like the, the info, my point is the information is just, it, there. it's there. So, it, you know, like at, at any point, someone can stumble upon it and be like, what the hell is this? And sure. just the way, you know what I mean? Not that you want to wait on that, but that. No, but it's the Seth Godin, like, you know, do the thing theory, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Like, the way like, you get in the yeah. game is get in the game. Exactly. And and these are shots. We're putting up shots. Yeah. So there's that theory of it. And then, like you said, I think, like, are we ready to start having some, not so much expectations, 
of like listeners or anything like that. But do we need customers? Do we need do we need to start putting a a, a little bit of a uh uh I don't know expectation on customers and having some or adding one by one, you know what I mean? And then we can have a discussion about well, how do we go about doing that? And what and what are we going to do to to build on to that? You know what I mean? But uh yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm I think it's great questions. I feel like I'm not done yet with recording and stuff like that. Like I'm not at a point where I'm like it it's a hassle or anything. I'm actually at a I'm still at a point where like man, I'm I get so much from it. You yeah, know what I mean? Well, I get that that and I'm in the same place. I'm a little bit at the like but why? You no, know what I mean? Good question. The 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 I don't have a problem with the time. I don't have a problem with the, the book patterns. I don't have a problem with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I sort of have a problem that we do this thing, and then we, you know, we step one is is complete, right? We're in the game. Yeah. But step two is like we're 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 not passing to other people. We're not, you know what I mean? We're not doing yeah, any yeah. of the yeah. stuff that is beyond being like, okay, I'm I'm at the court and I'm and I'm shooting by myself. Like that's what we're doing, yeah. which isn't. Which isn't bad. There's value in it. No, you know I what I mean. So but, let's do. Let's add, let's add one thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, let's not do anything. I think this week. No, no, not this week. I mean, but let's think about like adding one. You know, thing. adding one yep. thing, and and you know, I think where we place the value, like you said, it is is really important. Being able to be like, where 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 should we place the value? Mm-hmm. To be able to say like, hey. We're, we're give, at least we're giving it to the people. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? At least we're yeah. giving them a, a heads up that it it's here. This is where you find it. And if they find it, they find it. If they don't, they don't. I'll be down for that. Like, at least, yeah. you know, to be able to feel like we're actually putting ourselves out there. Because I'll be honest, I don't even really talk about it. Couple no, not, at, not really the, anymore. Yeah. A couple people at the store started listening to it, and they've been telling people. You know, part of me has the, there's this awkwardness about it because, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, I don't know. I keep so much of my personal separate from that world. And this is pretty personal. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, and not that it, not that it's an issue. It's just like I'm not used to being like, hey, the, even like the season is no one knows I sell season. And until like a crew member or two found out and then everyone was like, hey, you sell season is? And I'm just like, yeah. And then I try to like get out of the conversation and go somewhere else. Yeah, it's a know. weird thing, isn't it? I have a yeah, similar. I have a similar. Maybe that. Maybe a future future conversation for the podcast is what is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. So yeah, let's think on it. I, I, right. Great question. Great yeah. question. What uh, what are we doing? We got a book to choose here. Well, I thought that you. Uh, I'm not. I'm not super excited about it. Oh, you is you ready? I was going to get. I'm, well, I was I'm going skeptical, but we're going to do Fat Joe, aren't we? We are. I was just wondering if you were ready to go into it now, or uh, yeah, let's do it. Right. Uh, okay. I'm skeptical yeah. about this one. I'm a little like really. So, so we'll I see. mean, it has we'll zero see. to do. It has zero to do. Well, not zero. That that's no. incorrect. It, in the same, it, it will. Yeah. 
Will was very aligned because it's Philadelphia, blah, 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 right? But then as we learned, as we listened to the story, we got a lot out of it from, oh, here's how this guy put it together, right? Yeah, it was Will. This, I'm not sure if this is, because it's supposed to be his, like, life. So I'd imagine it, it should be like that. But it also could be stories of the hip hop industry right? and just a bunch of them. But I don't know. You know, we'll see. Because the Master P's book is really good. Because he's telling, you know, from a business standpoint, right. that's one that we, he, you know. He got, into, should, he got into a yeah, lot of things. Exactly. So, like, he talks from the, the business perspective. But so did Fat Joe. But he talks about, like, he built his own way. You know, right. as a as a as a um, an indie label who had a distribution yeah. deal. Like, and his book is amazing. And then he went on to do ten thousand other things. So we'll see. I, I I'm interested. Right. Hey, we we read Emma. I tell you this much. We yeah, read we Emma. Read Come on, you know what I mean? Like, we have to read Fat Joe. If we yeah. read Emma. <laughs> Not to mention, you will be entertained. That you know that. that I, you can you can drop all the skepticism there. The one thing Joe, Fat Joe is, you think Will's a great storyteller? Fat Joe is an amazing storyteller. Exactly. And and then the other reason why I wanted to do it too, Devin, is audiobooks. I actually think this should be we should have a conversation about the the future, which is audiobooks and the way that they're producing them now. Like the thing that made Will so great, it was like listening to a freaking rap album. It was like yeah. produce, like it was like a movie. It was beautiful. Yeah. Whereas you compare Will to like Emma, and it's just this dry read. You know what I mean? Or even even his last book had a little bit of production to it that made it a little more interesting. You know what I mean? Just like even his delivery, how he told the story, how you know what I'm saying? Well, how like, how it was sliced up in three minutes? How it was sliced up. Like it was sliced up so that if you had to drive your kid to baseball practice and then come back, get a chapter, you would get a chapter in. Yeah, that's a good. I didn't think about that. Which honestly, I think is part of his. No, it is. He's one of the best selling authors around, and I I think the reason that he is because he's like looking at the world. So to your point, are you looking at the world if you're writing a book? Like, are the most popular books that are coming out now tight chapters? Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so I, I I think this will be a good, you know, a good yeah, book to chat about. Even just the whole audio book game, oh, because it's changing, man. And it, you know, it, I I'm a fan now. Like, I I listened to three hours of audio books yesterday, like cooking. Yeah. I didn't have music on. I had audio books on. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it it the the transition from like sports talk radio to audio books. It actually, and podcasts, yeah, it actually like, makes sense. It, it's so much easier to yeah. remove sports talk radio and just and replace it with like podcasts and audiobooks. And you go like, yeah. oh, well, this is a much better use of my time. Remember, you said that when we first started because you were like, wait, you listen to a lot of sports talk radio. You don't listen to you don't listen to podcasts. And you were like, it's just sports talk radio. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about all that. Yeah, and, it's just sports talk radio, except for it's yeah, smarter and yeah, more interesting. Yeah, I think that was your exact word. <laughs> and when I, when I told you I didn't listen to podcasts. And now I'm like, oh, this is, yeah, this is good, man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I did like three hours straight, no music, and just listen to audio books. Listen to the rest of this, some other stuff. So, yeah, the old stuff is hard, though, because it's like someone's just reading to you. There's no production. 
But these new these newer wave ones is basically a podcast. Like Fat Joe's book will sound like a podcast. Indeed. One hundred percent. So Yeah. All, All right, right well, uh, where can people find us? They can find us at theprocessisblackandwhite.com or they can search us on all your social media platforms at The Process is Black and White. We'll pop right up. We'll pop right up, but we won't have posted in a while. because No, we won't have you, anything. Neither one of us is doing anything. the work to try nope. it. <laughs> but right. the drop is in, so when we begin to do the work, you'll think that we've always done it. So there you go. <laughs> all right, talk to you all next right, week. Man. See you, man.